Adam, for me as a fan, I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal if I know that there was a players meeting. I think, are you more talking about the details that emerge from a players meeting? Because, like, who cares? I mean, there's meetings every freaking day in baseball. Yeah, we have meetings to go over the game plan. We have meetings with the manager. Like, whatever. I mean, if you have a players meeting here and there, I I don't think that's a big deal. I'm going to get scrutinized. If you start to get all the details and, hey, there was back and forth, I think that's when you could get more of an issue. But at the same time, also, I mean, there's 20-something people in that room, at least. There's probably clubbies kind of walking around like there's there's shit going on like it's it's hard to keep word in when you're in a you know somewhat of a public venue no 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 but you have a meeting at two o'clock media comes in at four you schedule it you know, hey, yeah. you send a text out hey 315 or when you get to the park i mean you rarely get somebody that might show up at four o'clock that day just be that late you might get the starter of that day who might i mean back in the day i'm sorry the starter would show up at five o'clock show up get his stuff in his routine and go deal. Now these guys show up first. They probably open the damn stadium up and they in there waiting around, hanging out. Like, like that's super weird to me. Um, but no, you, you just, man, you, you gotta, ah, it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult, brother. Difficult. Oh, that's fair. I tell you who tells. Yeah. yeah. The players usually aren't the ones that let it out. It's usually a coach or manager or PR person. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, because they, the manager wants everyone to know, well, the players had a meeting. It's not on me. Co- mm-hmm. A coach would be like, oh, the players had a meeting. Look, they're listening to what we're saying or whatever. They're not listening. I mean, so it's always going to get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's impossible to keep. You can't you can't tell three people a secret and not have a get out. You can't you can tell 30 people, 30 <laughs> minutes not have a get out, especially when the coaches and people aren't involved in it. Because all the details, is, though. Yeah, but, yeah, well, details are different. But if here's the thing. If, if, if. You have a meeting, and you're, you know, normally you do early work at, say, 3 o'clock, and you have a meeting, and no one's out on the field. The media goes, why was no one out on the field? They're always out here at 3 o'clock. Yes. Oh. And the coach say will say, well, there was a players-only meeting. Yeah. And they, they talk out. about it. And then they rephrase the question. Then they start asking follow-ups then, then they, for certain but players. But then they ask the player, and the player yeah. should say, none of your fucking business. Yeah, but maybe one player doesn't like what another player said in that meeting, and then the next layer of unfolds. Course. That's what I'm saying. Then, it's always going to get out. It's impossible to keep in. <laughs> Gary Sheffield joining us right now on FT Live. Gary, how you doing? And I mean, you heard a couple minutes of that just now. What was your take on players' meetings and trying to keep things under wraps? And you know, some of the I, I guess dynamics that went on. This was sparked by the Padres last year and how they they drastically underperformed based on the talent on that roster. Well, like like AJ said, you know, you gotta, you know, everybody got to be on the same page, and um, you know. It can't be two different messages. It has to be one message. You go out there and, um, you know, you tell the media this is what it is. Don't elaborate. Don't go farther than that because it's really that, not their business. Gary, mm-hmm. how many meetings did you call in your life? Did you ever come in and say, listen, son, you mother, well, you wouldn't use that word, but listen, <laughs> sons of guns, we need to talk. I'm going to grab all y'all because you're strong. You grab no. by the throat and be like, listen, we're going to talk about this and figure this out. No, no, I, I, I didn't do it that way. I did one-on-one meetings. Um, if I felt like a guy wasn't doing anything, um, you know, doing things the right way, you know, I would step to him and approach him a different way and just tell him what I think and what I saw. And I made myself, the, the, you know, available the same way so a guy can come to me if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that's, that's how it should be, um, 
you know, when your teammates, because, you you know, we have one common goal and that's to win. And it's not about your personality or my personality. It's about us trying to come to a resolution of what's going to make us better as a team. So I want to say happy new year. Hope you went skiing on your annual ski trip out to Aspen. Uh, you know, if you got out there um, as a dominant player for 20 years, why the hell is taking so long for you to get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, well, I, I, strip all well, the BS of the game. The swag is the Hall yeah. of Fame. Well, I think you and AJ, of all people, should understand it more than anybody. You know, we we have our certain personalities and we go about things a little different than most people. Uh, but that don't mean we're bad people. Uh, you know, we, we just have a, a way of going about our lives and we see it a certain way. And I think that's what makes the world go round is that you have different personalities. And when we meet up um, as individuals, we be respectful to each, we're respectful to each other and and things like that. But when you're talking about me on a baseball field, I've always felt that I was the best player on the baseball field. And now I hope that y'all felt the same way. And the thing is, is that we all think certain ways about, you know, certain things about the way we play the game, but there's reality to it as well, because the, the, the eyes don't lie, the talent don't lie. And, you know, you can put me in a category of this steroid era and all of what's going on with this, but the, like Bob Nightingale did his homework and I challenge anybody to do their homework. If you knew my, my, my story and my life, you know, that's the farthest thing from the truth. And that's the farthest thing that, that I'm going to be away from is drugs. And so I don't take no part in that. I never smoked a joint in my life. I've never done anything in my life for as that's concerned. And so if I was to go out and defend myself and say, I didn't do it, I didn't do this or I ain't do that, I sound like the guys who did it. All right. So let me let me ask, Gary, because I know you on a personal level and we play golf together and we see each other. Are you not in the Hall of Fame because of a personality issue? Is it not? Because there's guys, listen, we all know there's guys in the Hall of Fame that did steroids. Okay. Yes. Let's let's yes. let's be honest here. We all know there's guys in there that did drugs and and did things. And I and I read the Bob Nightingale story and you were completely honest with the Balco stuff and yeah. and and people people need to read it if they haven't read it. And we're not going to get into all that. But basically, are you in not in because people didn't like you? I mean, it was it a personality contest? Because it shouldn't be. 500 plus homers. I mean, your career speaks for itself. You should be in if it's just on player performance. Well, yeah, absolutely. I would say people do like me. I think that the certain media members don't like me. And that's the beat writers who come in for a story or a sound bite, um, make up things, try to make your life miserable, um, not covering you on a day to day basis. And I don't really have time for people like that. Guys that watch me go to work every day watch my preparation, watch how I am with my teammates. I'm always rooting for my guys. I'm always helping guys. I'm always doing the right thing. I'm, I'm real quiet in the clubhouse. I don't do a lot of talking because I prepare and I'm ready to play when I get to the park. So those beat writers come in that's looking for negative stories and I never bought into their, their garbage and they try to take a story and make it bigger than what it is. And I'll give you a scenario. Because, you know, um, the one story that stays out there, and this is the narrative and the, the thing that they try to, to, to come to, is that when I was with the Yankees, 
um, a writer, a certain writer tried to put out there that he asked me to go take a drug test and I got flustered and upset about it, which that wasn't, that was the farthest thing from the truth. Um, I told him, you can ride in my, my car and we can drive over there. You can keep my DNA for a hundred years. That's what I said. And so they take these things because I didn't conform to what he wanted me to conform to or be afraid of the New York media. And I never back down. Um, those are personality flaws that they say I have because I don't back down from no one or no media. Um, if you're going to tell a story about me, tell it correctly and I own it. But when you tell a lie, then I'm not going to stand for that. And I'm going to challenge you on it. Okay, so now, pe now people in my ear, they want to know. They want to know the Barry Bond story. And, mm -hmm. and, and listen, and, I, and, I, and I've never really talked about this publicly, but the, the Balco thing with you, I've read the Bob Nightingale story, and you were subpoenaed to speak in front of the grand jury. Correct? Am I, yes. I'm correct in that, right? I, people yes, don't know. I also was, I also was subpoenaed yes. to Balco. Yes. People don't know that because I was cleared. Yeah, I, literally, I I went in and I they said the prosecutor came out and said, "Hey, you did nothing wrong, you are cleared. You we apologize for bringing you yeah. in to the media." So I was clear because I yeah. But then I read the story, Bob Nightingale's story, and you, well, I'm gonna let you tell it. Yeah, I, I have a very similar story that people don't know because I was I've never obviously hit 500 homers and you know done all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's an amazing story because when I read it, I read it, I was like, "Damn, this sounds familiar." Yeah. Like, you know, about the vitamins and, and this and that. Because I, I went to Japan with Barry in 2002. I right. met Greg Anderson. He sent me vitamins. I sent him a check for under $100. Yeah. And that was why I was subpoenaed. And then my luckily I had the check stub and shown what was sent to me. And they were like, we're sorry, this is a mistake. So go ahead. Same, I'm going to let you tell your the story. Same thing. But you're 100% yeah. you're, you're correct. Just like your name got brought into it, that's how my name got brought into it. Because of a check that my right, my wife wrote that was $146 of vitamins. And so that's the extent of it. And they told me the same thing they told you. You're not guilty of anything. We just want to know what you know about Barry Bonds. And I had nothing to tell them about Barry Bonds because I only stayed there for three to four weeks. I was in and out. I was hurt when I first got there. I had knee surgeries on both of my legs because I had a cyst in the back of my legs. And I asked Barry Bonds, how do I get back fast from a leg injury? Because I never had any. He said, you have to get back in the gym. And so when I went in the gym, I was squatting and my stitches bust open. And the gym, not Greg Anderson, not um, uh, what's the Baco guy's name? Um, Victor Conti. 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 Yeah. Not even him gave me a, a solution to put on my legs to stop the bleeding, to calm it down till I got to the hospital when they wrapped it up. So when I got to the hospital, they stitched me back up. And that's the extent of what I put on my legs. And it didn't come from any of them. That came from the gym because I was leaking blood all over their floor. And so I got to um, um, San Francisco and I was taking vitamins at a, at a regular GNC store. And basically I got laughed at for taking these vitamins because they were like, what are you doing? You're taking these stupid vitamins. I got a guy that can prescribe vitamins to your Pacific body, the nutritions and everything to benefit your body. Now, listening to your story, it sounds like mine. I didn't think nothing of it, but besides, this is a benefit to help my body. 
And so I didn't think anything about steroids when I when I when I got these vitamins. No, listen, I was in the same boat. So I, I like I said, I got to know Greg Anderson when we were in Japan. He was with us, and I said, "Hey, I want I want Barry's workout." Because yeah. I would, I mean, I said, look, I don't want anything. I just want his workout. And they had me yeah. do the same thing. Go and get, you get blood and drawn. And then they, they sent me one pack of vitamins. That was it. Yeah. It was like that was it. $70. 70 yeah. bucks. They sent me a hat. I had a ZMA. Because at the time, yeah. Balco was famous for ZMA, I think it was called. And they right. said, all right, here, and that's all I ever got. And, and they that's sent it. me Barry's workout program. I'm like, damn, how the hell did Barry Bonds get so big yeah. doing this workout program yeah. that is like nothing special? Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, and so when I, and, and listen, when I was, in, they called me into the the, the the San Francisco grand jury, whatever, and they're like, "Have you ever seen the cream?" The cl-? I'm like, "I never seen any of that." They sent me these vitamins, and I even right. actually had a vitamin pack, and I was like, "Here, I didn't even take them." Here, hey, I- you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny? You're you're absolutely correct because see, what I did when I got the vitamins, that's when this stuff came out, and I was with the Braves, a new organization, so I presented these vitamins to my trainer. To say, check these vitamins out because I don't want to be taking something that I'm, I'm not supposed to be taking. And they told me that they scanned the vitamins and they they had a question. They had a one question about one vitamin that they wasn't sure about. They couldn't figure it out. So I didn't take it at all. That's the crazy part about this. This is the part that's that 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 pisses me off more than anything. That I never took the vitamins. That's number one. And I just used a solution just to get to the hospital to stop the bleeding. And Baco and everybody that knows about this, it wasn't a steroid-based cream. So why would somebody put a steroid-based cream on my legs to stop the bleeding? They put on a solution to stop the bleeding. Gary, listen, you were with Atlanta. I got traded to the Giants when all this happened. So I was... I had to go in and play for the Giants. So, listen, you were 3,000 miles away. I literally... I was in I was in Hawaii for a wedding. I get the call. I'm traded to the Giants. They're like, hey, we want to do a press conference introducing you. I said, oh, I'll be in I'll be in I'm supposed to schedule to be in San Francisco. I don't know December first. And they're like, for what? And I'm like, uh, I got to do this Balco thing. And they're like, fuck, yeah. you're part of that too. Yeah. And I was like, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Right, and then they right, did right. the whole thing. But imagine being traded to the Giants right. and then having to appear in front of that. I mean, it was listen. It was one of the things that. I'm like, I'm happy I never did anything, and I'm yeah. proud I never did anything, but just to go through that was an experience. Well, just listening to you you tell the story, too, it's, it's like you're saying it with such conviction where you're not sitting here and saying, oh, I didn't take steroids. I don't have to say I take steroids because I never took steroids, never crossed my mind. What we're telling is our story, how we got to that point, how we got here, because I shouldn't be incriminated by something that I wasn't even part of. They never brought me in. They didn't bring you in and say that AJ is guilty of steroids. That's why he's at the he's on the grand jury. Well, I was the same, I was in the same situation you was in. I probably was on the stand for probably three questions and I was off the stand. I, I flew from Tampa to San Francisco to be asked three questions. Did I take did I know did I have a, see this cream or clear, which I haven't. And then they said that, have you ever seen Barry Barnes take steroids? Which I haven't. And I said that. And all of a sudden, now I'm in a Mitchell report who, by the way, a guy that never spoke to me, never interviewed me, but I'm in your report. So I've never heard of a witness being in a book 
and being in um being held out of something that he didn't work 22 years of his life for be held out of something when he was a witness not a suspect so january 23rd you get that call and you're in the hall of fame what's your what's your reaction going to be like but on january 23rd comes and goes and you don't get that call is it because of the mitchell report well, I can't say why. That's number one of why anything, because I, I know that I, I can say well, why I should be in, but I can't say why I shouldn't be in. That's the thing that I look at. Um, what I would feel, I don't know. I, I would respect the process. I would do, uh, I would get as much information as I, as I can to, to respect the process and go through the whole process like everybody else. But for not being in it because of the Mitchell report, um, I would I would ask any writer or anybody that has a vote to do their homework and go ask the um, the Mitchell guy why did he put me in his report and where's his facts because what I just said to you is the facts and so you know a guy that I never talked to would you be okay with somebody that you never talked to and never even seen or I don't even know what he looked like to be in somebody's book for something negative that you didn't do and and people believe it brutal i mean there's a but again i might be wrong wasn't david ortiz in the mitchell report i mean i think well, you asked wasn't... me i mean i'm i'm, well, I think, I'm, I, I'm asking whoever would know the answer wasn't wasn't he, was. he in there and saying and but, i mean i think he denied it but i thought they said he tested positive yeah, that's and always been. He still got in, so that thing. again, the year that they were doing the testing before it yeah. started to see how many, yeah, like hundred, hundred and five, hundred and seven people. Yeah, <clears throat> I that's wasn't on that list. Out. So here's the thing: I wasn't on that list because the thing is, I've always see this. Is what people don't understand: I was the first guy to bring up the steroid situation because I had a problem with it because I felt like they was taking MVPs away from me. And I had a personal problem with it because I know for a fact, and I did the Brian Gumble special when I was with the LA Dodgers and I brought it up and I said, without saying names, I say, it's this one guy that I have a problem with that's hitting all these home runs that I had 150 home runs more than and I trained like you wouldn't believe in the offseason. And I was still hitting 30 and 40 home runs a year. And now he has 150 home runs more than me. That's impossible. And so that's when I said that. But then once I started speaking like that, Major League Baseball tried to hush me up. Bud Seeley called me in the office and told me to stop it with this steroid stuff because I'm drawing too much attention to the game in a negative way. Now, if... I'm drawing too much negative attention, you know, attention to the game in a negative way. Well, why don't you investigate? You know, it's I'm a player. So I have a union to abide by and, and be part of. So I can't go outside of the rules and do things or take tests and do all of these things to break the rules. I tried to do all of those things, but nobody wants to hear that. But now all of a sudden they call me in to testify. Now they found a way to get me involved in it. And this is what they've been trying to do my whole career. Every team I played on, I was the best player. I had the best numbers. But what they do is they was trying to get me out of the game a long time ago. What would you say to Bud when he said that? I'd have been like, what the fuck, dude? 
Well, when I said it to them, it was like there was no way to prove it because there's no testing. And this is bringing a negative light towards the game. So I said, well, investigate it. But didn't Frank didn't Frank Thomas do the same thing though? Yes. Or was that this, this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's guys that stood forward, and just like I did, we stood forward. We challenged Bud Selig. I you I wish they got footage of me walking in his office, and I'm sure they can find it of me going in his office and telling him this. I didn't I didn't know that it was you know as spreaded as it is or it was. I just was pointing to that guy. Because that guy was nowhere on my level for as that for as I was concerned, and how is this possible? And so that's when I w- I wasn't sure, but I'm not crazy either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm just thinking about. I'm just digesting what you were just saying. It was it's 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 amazing. You've gotten a call before, not for that. I got a call, but, but not. I called him a used car salesman, and I was told not to call him that. Which he was. There. That's how he got his start. So I, you know, yeah. Get that call yeah. from Bud Sealing in your hotel room. Hey, this is hold yeah. to the commissioner. Wait, what I do? I got promoted. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, you know, AJ, that's why that's why yeah. I have no problem talking about it. Like people are like, man, we don't want to bring that up. No, bring it up because when you when you're not guilty of anything, I don't have nothing to hide from. Why didn't they call me to the grand jury that um, all those uh baseball players they was there on the Congress? Why they didn't call me in front of that? Why they why they didn't do any of that? You know, I'm in somebody's book for just testifying that I never saw Barry Bonds take steroids. And now the perception is because a writer that's trying to destroy me um, puts out there and try to influence other writers to to say these things, and it be, and then you know perception becomes reality to most people that don't understand or, or know what's going on. They just believe it because I maybe they didn't like me as a a, a Yankee. They didn't like me as a Brave because I I bashed their team in. A lot of different reasons, but you saying that you're not, you don't like me because of my personality. Well, then you don't like the truth. The game's changed a lot in the sense of like media coverage and everything. What can players do now if they're put in your situation where you're like, oh man, like this is, this is fake. Like this is fake news. You can't be putting this out here about me. What can players do or, or their hands tied? Like, like you felt yours were. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because see, the first thing you should do is sue, right? Because you're, you're you're tarnishing my name. But who do I sue? Major League Baseball, which they got gazillions of, of dollars that they can sit here and wait me out for years and years and years. I made my money in a 22 year span. I'm not about, I'm not about to give it back to them. And so the bottom line is that if I go sue the Mitchell Report, they paid them 20 million dollars to do a report, an inaccurate report at that. So if I sue Bud Selig, Major League Baseball, all this and that, I'm blackballed for life, which that's what it seemed like to me that's going on right now anyway. And, Shep, also, if you think about it, I mean, we mentioned, like, it's no secret. There are players that are in the hall that have taken roids. What do you think about the approach that you're taking? Because I think we'd all agree this is the approach that needs to be taken. And I think this is what fans often ask for is just, hey, if you're linked to something, let's hear it. Because there are players in the hall. We don't need to throw names out. I think, you know, people can do their own homework that have either denied or said weird ass answers when they're asked about roids. 
And if you were either not linked at all and never touched anything or linked in some way, and you've got a great story to explain what the heck happened that was messed up, why doesn't that happen? It seems like you should be, you know, rewarded for being open and transparent about a story that doesn't have much to it. And honest and honest. And the thing is, is that if you go back and look at it in 2004, Jeremy Schaap came to my house and I did a big interview with him and I did it for hours and I told my story, but nobody wanted to listen. All they cared about was what somebody said about me. They don't listen to what I say. They, they just say that if I'm, if somebody say that Gary is involved with this or involved with that, that don't make it true. They just believe that that's what Gary is involved with. Because if somebody said Gary, I saw Gary smoking weed in the dugout, somebody would believe that. But Gary, I've never put a marijuana joint to my mouth, not ever. So the thing is, is that when I look at all of this, there was never a platform that I felt comfortable that's going to tell my story the right way. So I did the Jeremy Shap. I'm doing your show. I just did Xavier Scrubs, uh, Scrubs uh, show earlier today. And Bob Nightingale, Bob Nightingale did his homework. But here's the most interesting point in all of this. Um, what's the writer um, um, that did the investigation on me? And he went all the way back to the beginning. Um, he's a he's a he's a guy that's been around for a long time. And um, he did he did an investigation of when they was trying to say that I threw a ball away on purpose because this story has been going on forever and it's a lie. And so he investigated all that. He got the truth to that. He got the truth to when I didn't want to move to third base from shortstop for Bill Spires. He got that truth. Why should I have to move to third base for Bill Spires? That's the, I'm not trying to disrespect him. But he's not Cal Ripken. You know, <laughs> he's not A-Rod. So I'm not moving my position based on my minor league numbers that I put up for a guy that is nowhere on my radar. And so my rep- my reputation was born then. But what happened the first year I got traded? I almost won triple crown. So when I look at all of these things and 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 look at that he investigated all these things about the throwing the ball away on purpose, me um, uh, with the Baco situation, everything he found was nothing there, nothing true that what they were saying. Okay, so if you're a writer and you want to be a respectful writer, then you should do your investigation and do your homework and say these things are not true. And now what they're doing now is that they know these things are not true, but they don't want to go back against what they stood for and said about me. Because they know that they're they're not right about what they're doing. Why do you think why do you think you were the one that was picked out this way? Because I I don't know if you remember this name or not. It was somebody I played with, Morin Davis, came from Tampa. He speaks so highly of Bug. He used to be like, Oh, look at Bug, look at Bug oh, doing you his know thing. Bug. You know Bug. <laughs> so that that so and and like my I never interacted with you. We never played against each other. But it was something that I never heard anything but good from one of my good friends about you. And yet there's a lot of negative. I mean, you're bringing up these negative things. Why do you feel like you were ch- not chosen, but why do you feel like this was a narrative that was continued and constantly written about? 
because I never I'll speak on it once and I never speak on it again because I know me and I know when people meet me, they meet me with a a, a, a certain amount of uh, um, I look at what I heard and then I can tell when people meet me and just go by what they heard. And then when they meet me and say, I'm going to hang out with you for a little while. And then all of a sudden I'm nothing like they thought I was. Then, then the conversation is different. I know this because see, I understand me more than anything. And I, and, and I'm real with myself. I don't lie to myself. I, I tell myself the truth. And, but the thing about me is I'm an observant type of person. I'm an only child. So I, I, I'm a little different when I meet people. I don't just open my arms up and, and be like, okay, we're all cool. You got to earn your way into, you know, my respect. And I got to earn my way into your respect. And by me doing that, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way, which don't bother me at all. It's just that I just feel like the true person that I am will show up. And the truth, and God say, all you do, the truth will set you free. And that's all I know. I'm going to be truthful to you. And it may hurt and it may not, but I'm, you know where I'm coming from. Hey, that's why. Hey, I'm an only child, too. That's why maybe we're both truthful. Yes. Right? I get it. Sometimes that's what gets us in trouble. You know, because I, I, I know you know, I, I know some teammates you played with and they told me that and, and see, that's why I never judge you. I don't been the home plate when you're talking while I'm hitting and all of that type of stuff. But Shit, I would never say nothing. You beat me with the bat. I ain't touch you. I ain't saying nothing to you. <laughs> I'm like, AJ, you need to shut up. I'm hitting, you know. But, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're hitting homers. I'm trying to distract your ass. <laughs> but but all right, so I, I got to ask. Judge you. I just, no, I, listen, we, at it I never had any problems with you. Like that on my team. You know, we never and, had problems with each other. Listen, you're no, you're awesome. I was scared to death when you came up to hit. Yeah, I'm like, this dude's going to hit a homer. You yeah. hit a ball out of Yankee Stadium while Bobby Jenks throwing 170. Well, I've never <laughs> seen a ball hit like that in my life to this day. Yeah. Bobby yeah. Jenks was legit throwing 105. Yeah. The, the real 105, not the yeah, 105 exactly. bullshit today. Up in the zone. He threw it up first pitch. He hit, yeah. he hit it out of Yankee Stadium over, like, the third baseman's head. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, I don't know what to throw now because <laughs> that was 107, and he just hit it under the street out there. But before up. Yeah, I was like, uh, that's, uh, yeah. whatever. But uh, so I, I, I want to hear because I never heard this story from you. I want to hear you threw a ball away on purpose. Like that's I'm, what they I'm, say. I'm, well, I'm kind of interested in this story now. Yeah, no, you need to hear it because it's not true. I tell you the whole scenario. I was in a ball, and I was always being told that um, the only way I'm gonna make it to the big leagues, I'm ready hitting wise, but my defense need to get better. They wanted me to be Sean Dunstan from shortstop. They want, I threw the ball across the diamond 99 miles an hour. And they wanted me to throw the ball over the top like Sean Dunstan did. And I would I didn't feel comfortable doing that because I thought it took too long. I I like to catch the ball and flick it because I had a strong enough arm to do that. And I was accurate with that. And so it was this play that Daryl Hamilton at a ball was hit to Daryl Hamilton in center field, and he made a bad throw. I was the cutoff man. He made a bad throw to me. And it hit the uh, the drainage and popped up and hit me in the shoulder. And I kind of retrieved it barehanded. And I slung it to home plate and the guy was safe. And I heard E6. And you know, AJ, uh, infielders, when they give us an unworthy error, um, we look up at the score box. And we start talking to the guy, the scorekeeper. And so I'm talking to the scorekeeper like that wasn't an error. You know, we're in the minor league, so they can hear you. 
So my, my manager got mad at me. He tried to pull me off the field, and I said, I'm not coming off the field. And while I was talking, the next ball was hit to me, and I was so mad, I threw it 100 miles an hour over the first base, and it sailed in the stand. <laughs> and and they, they tried to say I did it on purpose. But that's the story of something like on those lines of when I made the error. But that somebody tried to make it that I did this in the Major League Baseball, which is so far from the truth. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty – that's kind yeah. of funny because we've all been there in the minor leagues. <laughs> you can hear everything. Now, you know, then you get in the big leagues and you call up. Remember the guys used to call yeah. up to the scorekeeper? You're like, that's yeah. a hit, motherfucker. You better change. I'll meet you in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Pitchers call better give that shortstop that air. Better give Shep that air. That's why I run average. That's why I ain't getting to the big leagues. Shep made that air on purpose. <laughs> Oh, that is, so that is, yeah. that's a great story. I've been there. Yeah, Trust me, I told the story. I hit a dude on purpose once throwing it to first, and he was called out, and I was like, no error for me, but he's out. <laughs> and he's got a welt in his back. So, yeah. oh, yeah. man. All right. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I'm glad we asked that one. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask because I, I, I lived it. I was there. I, 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 the 04 Yankees. Yeah. What happened? Um, Pitching. You know, and I like to – I don't like to – call out one thing but we I wouldn't say I'm blaming them that's just what we had we didn't have the pitchers that the Boston Red Sox had and we knew if the game wasn't played a certain way and we didn't put these games away we was in trouble if uh, Mike Messina was our ace and as you know AJ Mike Messina is a great pitcher he's a hall of famer but he's always been a number three starter and we got him going up against Pedro and 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 Schilling and guys like that. Joe Torre made a, a decision that always haunts us. That in that series, he said that he wasn't going to pitch Mariano Rivera in game. I think game four, and he did. He wasn't going to pitch him, and so I think Mariano knew he wasn't pitching. And then I think Flash got in trouble or somebody got in trouble. They brought Mariano in. Instead of using him to, when we got the lead, bring him in for two innings and finish this game off, he waited too late. And when he brought him in, Mariano wasn't right. And then the next day, the same thing happened. We had to lead five games in a row. I mean, you go back and look at it, we was winning five games in a row going into the eighth inning. And if you would ask me if – if you play it out that way again, they would never come back and win that series because we did what we were supposed to do offensively. But those those the eighth and ninth inning is what cost us that series. And and I and I blamed Joe Torre for a long time. And then I finally let it go. All right, that's fair. I, I just I, you know, I have friends on both sides that played in, for the Yankees and for the Red Sox on those teams, and it's just one of the great, I mean, obviously one of the great baseball i mean oh three when they when aaron boone hit the home run and then yeah. four the way it ended Gosh, those, glorious. those were two of the great i mean i wish man i wish there was baseball it was like that again dude that was like a movie oh well, I, I mean look at the lineups for both those teams they were stupid good yeah but i heard a couple of stories come out and it's the most ridiculous thing i ever heard like when pedro said that i think kenny lofton or somebody said something that got them going it's nothing that nobody can say to get you going. You should have been ready to go anyway. You're in the, the, the playoffs trying to get to the World Series. And so <laughs> that ain't have nothing to do with it because we kicked this behind um, two games in a row and we kicked Shillings behind 
Um, and so the bottom line is we lost the game because our relievers couldn't close the game out. That's how we lost the game. And bottom end of story. And so, and then when you hear um, um, who's the other guy, uh, Kevin Millar talking about, you know, you know, they, they just was loose and they was drinking this and that. No, they were scared. The bottom line was they were scared. And I remember going to first base and he was like, man, y'all going to do us like this. Y'all can't let us get one. Who talks like that in the middle of a game? You know, that that that's that's guys that scared. You know, the bottom line is they got lucky and that's what happened. So you 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 took advantage of y'all had the stronger pitching. Y'all was more deeper in the pitching and y'all and it, and it worked for y'all in the long run. And Joe Torrey made some moves that blew it. That's what happened. You said that you blamed Joe for a while, and obviously the relievers let them down. Did you ever talk to Joe kind of since then and be like, all right, my bad for th- – did you throw him under the bus at one point? Did you say something, like, at the time? No, I didn't say anything. I'm just saying it was my own thoughts. It was just my own thoughts. It was nothing I verbalized. Um, there was no need to. We lost the series, and, and it's time to just move on. And so, you know, I don't – I don't sit here and, and, and harp on things long term. You know, I'll say and 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 feel what I feel, but then I'm, I move on. And um, that's the first thing you're taught in baseball. You move on from it. It happened. And you move on. And that's what I did. Fair. I like Fair. it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Chef, let's finish with this. A, a couple things just on, on the current game. Um, your thoughts on where we're at as a sport? I mean, there were a lot of rule changes this year. The offseason has been dominated by the Dodgers right now. I mean, it's going to be exciting to have, you know, two international superstars on the same team. And I've said this a million times, Shohei Otani having a chance at playing playoff baseball. Our sport needs our best players to shine in the postseason and all that. So just want to get your thoughts on what you've seen so far this offseason and this past year. Like, is the sport going to maybe enter another renaissance period? Well, I, I think it's already ha- is, is, is going in that direction right now. The bottom line is that I don't care how much talent you put on one team, that don't guarantee you anything. You got to have pitching and defense and uh, guys that have one common goal in mind is winning the World Series. And I don't I don't doubt that Dodgers want to win, but I'm waiting on the, the, the time when they say, because I had to deal with this for years in 97 when we won the World Series with an $80 million payroll, and they said we bought a championship. And I want to see what the Dodgers are paying for. Uh, so, you know, they, <laughs> are they paying for a championship? Um, did the Yankees pay for a championship? So when you look at all these high payrolls that won championship, did they pay for it? So that's number one. But the way the game is going now, I don't like it at all. Like, I don't – like, I'm not going to sit here and say I, have, I don't watch a couple innings here and there because I have boys that want to get involved in the game. But I despise watching the game now. And, and that's not the player's fault. It's the way they're asking them to play the game. And I know these guys are better than that. And they're more talented than that. Um, when you're not worrying about driving in a guy from second, that don't matter. It's all about home runs. How, how, how dumb is that to just say that that's the only thing that matters? It's hitting home runs. And so that to me – it's, it's where I the game loses me and because I, I want to see guys hitting a triple. I want to see guys stealing bases. I want to see guys doing all the little things to win a game and make and, and, and keep me sitting there watching commercials and come back and watch another inning all the way to the ninth inning of games. But when I see guys strike out at the rate they're striking out, 
what when the commercial hits, I don't want to turn back to it. And not even when I'm watching it, I want to watch it. So I already can assume what's going to happen when certain pitchers are on the mound. All right, Jeff. I want to ask you something positive. Jim Leland got into the Hall of Fame. I love old Jim. He's one of my favorites. 97, World Series Marlins. Beat the, you beat the Indians. Edgar Renneria with the base hit, barely got to the outfield. Where were you when this happened, and what was your feeling like, and, and what was Leland like when you guys won in 97? Well, you know, it started in spring training. We had we had a record that was like like crazy. I think we was like 20, 28. I don't know how many games you play in spring training. I know we was 20-something, and we lost three games in spring training. And so everybody knew right then. that That's what gave us the confidence that we could beat anybody. Uh, the Braves come in there, and we would demolish them in spring training. Maddox on the mound, Glavin on the mound, Smoltz on the mound. And Jim Leland pulled me to the side. And this is the first time a manager ever asked something of me. And he said, I want you to be the best player on, at, you know, doing that game against the great players. Whoever we play, I want you to outplay them. And nobody has ever asked me that. And the fact that he asked me that, that means he had all the confidence in the world that I can be the best player in any given series or any given game. And so I took that to heart and I said to him, I got you. We're going to win the World Series if you're saying all I have to do is lead these guys. And that's what I know how to do. I know how to put guys on my back and we, we go for the ride. And so I had hurt my back that year, actually. And he told me to do not mention that I have a hurt back because I have to stay in the lineup to draw the walks that I was drawing to set up Moises Alou and Bobby Benilla. And it worked like a charm. By the way, you forgot about Eric Craig. <laughs> and it's strike zone in that game <laughs> hey, hey you know i'm not one of them guys say man you know it was going both ways but i think eric Gregg was tired of the, the the atlanta braves getting the calls in their favor because nobody was complaining when the braves was getting those same strikes all during the season and anybody that ever followed the braves they know they was getting strikes out of the strike zone. Hey, even your boy Crime Dog was like, man, I can't even reach that ball out there. <laughs> and Crime Dog, McGriff never complained. There was one on a curveball. He's just like, right, what do you want me to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just saw his body language. It just shrunk. He was like, oh, man, come on now. But, you know, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was just the one game. You know, nobody don't look at the other games that was played. The Braves still were getting calls outside of the box. What we did as a team, we 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 just crowded the plate on those guys, and we took that outside part of the plate away from them, uh, outside of the plate. We took that away from them and started using the whole field, and they didn't they couldn't defend it because Andrew Jones used to play shallow, and all these guys used to play, play shallow. And what we did was we was burning them the whole day. I love watching your highlights. I mean, you just you're waffling balls. But my two questions for you to end here. More funnier questions. First one, kind of serious. Is Noah going to make it? Is he going to? AJ and I were at the game that he was, he was playing at the All American game last year. Is he going to? Yeah. Is he going to make it? Well, I hope so. You know, that's the goal. Um, you know, I don't. You know how this game is. You got to. You got to be dedicated. You know, and, and focused at all time. Um, he, you know, he has the tools to do it. But uh, you know, like I tell him, what it looked like on Tuesday can change on Thursday, and so. <laughs> You have to keep working, son. Don't worry about statue of other guys because they're bigger than you. I was in the same boat. 
Um, you're, you're still growing. You're 6'1 now. So he should get up to about 6'2", 6'3", and he's going to he's gonna fall right into his power. And when he does that, you know, he's a good defender, and he, and he, hit, for power, he hit for power and average, but I, I want to see that monster year this year coming up. This, and I think, I think between him and my youngest, um, they, they, I, my youngest, he's, he's the real deal too. Um, but Noah, I think if he just keep his head on right, he'll be there. All right. And the last question is you said, or AJ said, you guys play golf together. Yeah. Do you beat AJ? Not even close. <laughs> do, you hit it, do you hit it farther than AJ? Not even close. Golly. <laughs> hey, but I will give him this. Last year, him and my other buddy, Eric, and Chef's buddy, they won. Yeah. They won. Yeah. I don't know how. I wasn't there. I don't know school. how the hell y'all won. But y'all's yeah. eraser must have been damn gone because I know. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. man trying to tell you he cheated. There's no, no, no. no I ain't cheat. I, I'll tell you what happened. No, I know Gary don't cheat, but no. there's a, the other guy. No, 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 no. On, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I, I think they gave us too many strokes. They gave, oh, okay. they gave me But you still had to win the shootout. Huh? Still won the shootout, which I well, still you don't know. Well, you know when you're in a 50, uh, 85 yard shot, you anybody can get on the green from there. I mean, and I, I just so happened to hit it three feet, and and Eric wound up hitting it on, and um, uh, Keegan and Jordan, uh, Jordan was on, and Keegan went long, and that's what got us the win. So you know, I got lucky. <laughs> I mean, it's, hey, listen, it's not every time you can say I beat MJ in anything. Yeah, yeah, so, he wasn't happy about it either. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, Chef, this was awesome. Really appreciate bringing you on. You had a good crew with you today. Obviously, we're with you. I think it's important to share, you know, a story like this to on a platform like ours. People are listening. They're looking for the truth. And, you know, hopefully it makes a difference here and people understand. Because obviously the writers get to make the decision, but also just the court of public opinion is cool, too, to hear from everyone. Fans will certainly hear all of this. Um, and good luck on the 23rd. All right? We're rooting for you. you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for that. Thank you, Chef. Have Thanks, a great Chef. day, man. Okay. Good stuff. Gary Sheffield with us on FT Live. Awesome. Awesome. That was fire. Right that was there. fun. That was fire. Hey, even the Jonesy's like, I don't even know what to say to someone. <laughs> I got nothing. It's over my head. It's, when you guys started talking about C League and I'm just like, I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't have I didn't have C League or interact with them too much, maybe once or twice. So just getting the history. You know what I mean? Get, you were getting Seelig past his prime. You you didn't get the. I didn't get the prime Seelig at all. No, got, you didn't my, get the my, prime. My, you know, call to the yeah. the principal's office, Seelig. Jonesy, did you did you see steroids when you came in? I know we're gonna get off on a bigger topic, but you kind of were <laughs> like you made the big leagues in 06. Six. Yeah. Because I know in the minor leagues from 2002 to 2008 was my real last like interaction with it it was just crazy it was so everywhere. when i first signed with the I first signed with the mariners um like four days into it it's like august 3rd or 4th and they come to everybody and they say look at everybody who's taking any sort of supplements anything that you're taking doesn't matter if it's good bad indifferent you're not going to get in trouble but bring it to us i remember about 36 of the 42 or 32 of the 46 48 players something like that um were taking something. Now, I I don't know if guys who and how many were taking anything bad, but I remember in 03, that was the beginning of a probe that they, I guess, were starting to crack down on steroids at the bigger level. So I was just in rookie ball, and uh, that was the only thing. Only thing I ever did was I got a, in 04, I got a greenie, 
and spring training. I was like, oh, where's these been all my life? But it, they they quickly got rid of those. And I, I forgot who even put it in the coffee, but I sure as hell had one sitting on the top bench wearing number 83, juiced the entire damn game. <laughs> yeah, they got rid of Greenies, what, around? 06. 06. Greenies, Greenies <laughs> listen, I, I say this and I, was, and I tell people this. Greenies were a bigger loss for baseball then steroids were taken out because greenies more, there was more people for me that were doing those than there was doing steroids. Well, they're different in terms of their impact. A hundred million percent. But, and I'll, and and I'll say this and I've, and I've said this before and and you want to see a bad baseball game. You catch a one o'clock noon game. Last day of a road trip after a seven o'clock game the night before a little couple extra innings. You get that noon game in Cleveland where they play noon games all the time, and both teams are literally exhausted. It's usually not a very pretty baseball game, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and it's hard because it's hard to get up. You're there. You're at the park till one in the morning. You got to be back at like nine a.m. to get ready for a noon game. It's hard to get back up again for that. And I'm not saying greenies should be or, or should be legal or any of that. But I'm just saying coffee can only do so much for you, and that's just the way it is. You're not getting much sleep. Sometimes you're getting guys no. that have to see a, a baseball going 100 miles an hour moving like crazy and make contact and not hitting you in the face. Yeah, I, I get it. 